Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. Neither did I. I was, I was just asking. Yeah. Yeah. This is Dirt and Sprague. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Didn't we lock you in a dumpster one time? I got out. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. That's somebody's That's daughter, daughter up there. I was just going to say that. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Dynamite drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here on uh, Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan on this uh, happy, happy hump day. If you missed the first hour of the show, don't worry. You can always catch it at 1080thefan.com under what we like to call our Service Patriots podcast section. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. And you can reach the show at the Vancouver Ford text line 503-864-6326. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them at VancouverFord.com. Also, the YouTube comment section's live and open and ready to go. Good morning, YouTube. Come hang out with us. Uh, very quick question for both you gents. I want to get to some college football things that I've been uh, gnawing on from yesterday and chewing on Just gnawing on a bone. Go Beefs. Um, <laughs> Caitlin Clark hits a game winner last night on the Cock Network mm-hmm. against Michigan State. And she continues to just put up gaudy numbers and be one of the greatest college basketball players of all time to the point where I'm like openly telling myself, I think I'm going to buy my daughter a Caitlin Clark, Iowa jersey. That'd be pretty cool. I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Is she better served to go to the the WNBA or stay in college another year? Because I think she has one more year of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken, and just clean up with NIL and be the goddess of Iowa Forever, like, because the WNBA, if you comp money, there's only a handful of players in the WNBA making more than some of these Angel Reese's and sure. Caitlin Clark's. So, like, that's why they were all playing in overseas in the off right. season, and and they don't want them to do that anymore. But do you think she should stay? So here is, and I, I, I don't, I'm not even going to try and compare players because I, I think mean, I know Caitlin she's got Clark's a State a Farm deal. She's in State Farm commercials. Caitlin Clark now. is, yeah, she's got to make it three to five mil. Like she's better uh, on a WNBA level. She's better than UNESCO, I would imagine, right? Uh, I think people think so. Yeah. Okay. She, yeah, yeah. I'm just assuming. So K- just for that reference sake, uh, UNESCO signed a two year contract, mm-hmm. and she makes a base salary of two hundred two thousand and two hundred eight thousand. 
Yeah. She's got a signature line shoe. She has too, a signature line crazy. Nike shoe. So I guess to your question, <laughs> I want to get a pair of. Have you seen them? Oh, my daughter got a pair. Yeah, oh. are they sweet? Yeah, they're supposed to be really comfortable. That's cool. I have to get my niece some. She's super into basketball. A lot of positive feedback on that shoe. Yeah. So to answer the question, I would imagine you can make more money than two hundred thousand dollars in NIL at Iowa. I imagine I'd, Sabrina was making. Well, well she sure. was let gone oh, before NIL before. was here. That's right. I mean, she might have got a little bit under the table. Well, but, but she know. was for she for sure would have cleaned up more than two hundred k. She would have been. She's when, making more than that from Nike. So. Yeah, I mean, when the NIL stuff came about, honestly, I remember her name being one of the first names that came up. She mm. was such a big star in Eugene, mm-hmm. and that team would have gone to a Final Four. But that was the COVID year, and of all the people that could benefit from NIL, we focused so much on football. It's people like that that can make a ton of money on their name. I think she's been a lot of fun in sports, and even if you don't follow. It all that closely, like she's a reason to turn on because I mean, she shoots, she's Steph Curry, she shoots the ball yeah. and it's just going to go in. It doesn't matter. 40 last night, that three to win it gave her 40. Gave points. her 40 points. Un- unbelievable game against Michigan State. The, the reason I bring that up and, and kind of led the second hour with it is I, I think it's an interesting world we live in with college, NIL, and pro prospects now. Cam Ward was supposed to be the biggest quarterback amongst some experts out there of available quarterbacks in the portal. Yeah. And it kept being rumored that it was Florida State or Miami or Ohio State or fill in the blank. Well, a lot of those slots have been filled and Cam Ward still hadn't publicly made a decision until the new year when he he tweeted out the weirdest nine second video I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Not necessarily the most electric announcement. I'm Cam Ward. I'm going to the NFL draft. Happy New Year. <laughs> okay. Th- thanks, Cam. Thank maybe, you. Maybe it was a comedic thing, and there's just deadpan humor there. <laughs> Cam Ward going to the NFL draft, it made me instantly think of our old friend, Super Mario. Super Mario. Old Mario Cristobal still does not have a quarterback at no. Miami. Did you see what he did in his bowl game, by the way? You didn't watch any of that, No, I, 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 I know what happened in some of these bowl games. I just didn't watch them. He's got two timeouts for the offseason, so he's going to use them. Probably <laughs> after the next signing day, he'll call a timeout, kind of regroup with his team, and then maybe for spring football, use the other timeout. It's okay. DeBoer pulled the Cristobal and said, I'm going to run, <laughs> actually run the clock out. I saw Miami fan chirping about that. We're not going to kill DeBoer, are we? It's like, well, no, I mean, we did. Yeah. It, we did. And his, his team won, and he's undefeated. So, uh, But Miami doesn't have a quarterback now, Dirt. Cam nope. Ward going to the NFL. I want to get some NFL draft stuff coming up at 7-15. I'm more kind of curious because you know who else doesn't have a quarterback? The Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day cannot afford to lose to Michigan again. He cannot afford to miss the playoff again. And so he's in this weird thing where his winning percentage is through the roof, but he doesn't have the wins in the the couple games a year yes. that he's supposed to. I don't know what the Buckeyes in Miami are going to do. I believe we looked it up before the show. Will Howard is still technically the biggest name in the portal. He's actually, it was reported earlier this morning, he's visiting Ohio State now. So Ohio State has swooped yeah. in and they're getting a, a campus visit from him. So that's not shocking to me because he hasn't officially committed, even though he's been crystal balled to uh, USC. USC. Yeah. Hasn't signed, and maybe he's playing this smart because he's going to make everybody bid against each other. I don't know what the hell some of these programs are going to do when they miss out on the Dylan Gabriels or the KJ Jeffersons. The Cam Ward decision was fascinating to me. I look, I'm not a super nerd of like draft boards and where guys are going to get picked. This and, would be a nemic topic. Yes, I would be like, where does Cam Ward show up on draft boards? I he's a great college quarterback. He was a guy who you always thought, man, if you put him in a better 
with better talent around him, he could be even better. They couldn't run the football. Their defense wasn't great this year. Not having a run game for two years really hurts. It's tough to win as a quarterback. When you have no balance and you have to do it all on your own, you're going to throw a lot of picks because of that. He's not a super big guy. I mean, he's listed at 6'2". I wouldn't be surprised if he's a hair shorter than that because usually you inflate a little bit. I can't imagine he's getting a first or second round grade in the NFL draft. Well, why would he leave then? Because he's not going to make that's that That's what kind I'm asking. Money. That's why it's fascinating because you're telling me, like, Miami. I don't know if he isn't going to get a first or second round grade. I'll, I'll see if I can pull up a like quarterback mock draft or like Mel Kuyper. Not that those are the you know disciples, but I'm curious to see where he shows up because Miami's desperate. They got a lot of money to spend. Yes, Ohio State. I think tried to go into their bowl game. I know you ended up watching a little bit of it. They wanted to give that Devin Brown kid a shot. Who, by the way, wears number 33 as a quarterback. That's a whole different conversation I did see that needs that, to happen. And that bothered me. What are we doing that's here? That's Jerion Dickey wearing 99. <laughs> stop. What stop. Are, what 33. What are we doing here? <laughs> so that's a whole other conversation. But they tried to give that kid some run to see what they got. And he got hurt early in the game. He didn't look great. And then he got hurt on top of it. And they had to bring in a freshman who basically couldn't throw a pass. And that was their offense in that game. And it was hilarious then to see this morning that they're inviting Will Howard in because I think they realized, all right, we're probably not ready. We're on the flip side. You had USC who was all over Will Howard saying that, you know, they wanted to give their young guy a chance in the bowl game. And Louisville, I don't know how many opt-outs that they have, but that Moss kid torched him. He threw six touchdowns. That was one of the more surprising outcomes to a lot of folks of the bowl season to see USC's offense look that good. So maybe USC has cooled on Will Howard and said, hey, we got a decent guy here. It's Lincoln Riley's system. we got good weapons. We're going to be fine. We don't need you. But the larger point is Miami's desperate. Ohio State's desperate. Florida State was waiting on Cam Ward. You know they're desperate. And they've landed on DJ now. There's money out there for guys like Cam Ward to make, yeah. and I can't imagine that he is going to get a bigger rookie contract than what he could have made as a one-year mercenary in college football. The only thing I'm, I'm finding right now, the only one I'll have to I peruse, I got a Matt Miller article up in front of me where he's looking at quarterbacks, but this is out on December 19th, so mm. I don't know if he's going to have uh, Cam Ward in this. Like I, I don't know what grades he got, but doesn't this just highlight the incredible – difficulty that navigating the portal can be even yeah. for the top air t- uh, programs. Yes. You know, like Oregon, I would imagine is in a pretty good spot every year in the portal just because of the obvious here, but in the off chance, you don't land the Dylan Gabriel. He's gone after next year. And maybe you're like, well, we'll turn the reins over to the fill in the blank young guy. I just, I can't, I can't fathom being a coach <laughs> and going, well, I have the talent to win. If I have the right guy ready to play next year, like landing has this, Oregon can get right to the Big Ten title game next year with Dylan Gabriel. We know they have the talent for it. But also, Dylan Gabriel is one more year of eligibility, and then it's like, are we going to develop a guy and kind of take some lumps and be 8-4, and 9-3, and three, and then take that next jump the year at? Like, I just I can't imagine having to make these decisions yeah. and seemingly in a year-in, year-out <laughs> basis is why you want to get back to developing guys if you can because it would be less stressful but the tough well, part you guys have that Dante is, Moore I completely forgot got, yeah, about well, that that's so what was, you, you, yeah, you don't have to worry at Oregon but other programs do that's why I think it was such a big deal for them to get more is that you seemingly have answered that question for three years and you're not going to have to worry about it now that's going off the speculation that Dante Moore will live up to his potential which is not a guarantee he did, I mean he was good at times at UCLA but he's a true freshman so it's hard to judge that the good with the bad you're assuming that he turns into the player that we thought he was going to be coming out of high school but again not always a given what's fascinating about it to me too is this is why I think getting a guy early in the process is super important because it turns into a game of musical chairs and you don't want to be the school that's left without a chair but we're talking about a couple of universities actually three to be honest 
who are facing massive, massive years, man. Mario is recruiting at a top five level. Nobody is surprised by that. No. He went five wins in five and seven year one, seven and five in year two. So even the honkiest of honk Miami fan would say, look, he's improving. Like next year's the year. You're going into year three. You haven't won eight games yet. With like, the portal, it's inexcusable to not be good by year three with that The kind ACC of sucks. Yes. You're recruiting at a top five level. There is no excuse to not win nine games next year. He needs a quarterback. Ohio State, to your point, they need to have one of those years. And Ohio State, I would argue, was a team this year that had the talent to win a national championship without the quarterback. I think their defense was as good as anybody's in the country. They had one of the best wide receivers in the country. Their offensive line was solid. They could run the ball. They were limited at quarterback. I would argue that position held them back this year, which is ironic because it's Ohio State. But Ryan Day's got to beat Michigan, especially if Jim Harbaugh's gone next year, which I think there's a decent chance happens. You cannot lose that game to a non-Jim Harbaugh Michigan team. He already did. I know. He lost this year to a non-Harbaugh <laughs> Michigan. What are we talking about? So he's got a ton of pressure on him. And then I also think Lincoln Riley's facing it at USC. This year was ugly for them, man. Caleb's gone. They're tough. They're, you know, five-star quarterback transferred out. Maybe he wasn't good enough. Maybe he was. I don't know what the story is behind that. He he has a big year next year, too. If USC comes out next season and goes seven and five again, back-to-back seven and five years for Lincoln Riley, that is inexcusable for those fan bases. So these are three schools that are desperate to find their quarterback, and they just don't have one yet. Uh, seven and five certainly would not be great. I personally... I think it's ridiculous. USC's putting a hot seat under Lincoln Riley. I would just allow him time to keep building the program and keep giving him the monies because his track record. But also, he has to start playing in cold-weather climates. And those teams, and not that he didn't at Oklahoma ever, but... Have you looked at their schedule next year? uh, I think I looked at it when it got released. Again, not to say they can't win. Oklahoma played in some of those same areas. I'm just saying this USC, USC doesn't have this kind of reputation of playing in cold wet. Remember that before the Notre Dame game, they were spraying him with water, yeah. and there were video of these guys dropping footballs left and right. Uh, Cam Ward, I looked it up on CBS, he ranks as the number 12 quarterback in their draft prospect rankings, but four of their top 12 appear to be heading back to college football. Oh, the so J.J. He, McCarthy types, those kind of no, guys. No, there's, there's rumblings. McCarthy's a first round. We'll get into the draft stuff here in yeah. just a second, but he might be top 10. Okay. I just would have thought you'd cash in. I Yeah, I mean... I'm, and, and go live that one last great college year of, I don't really have class, so I'm just going to live my social life and be a football... I'll be Bo Nix. I'll be a professional college football player. Also a guy who I think could have tremendously helped his stock with a good year with a good program. I agree. And make two, three million dollars in the process, guaranteed money. You go out and you go to one of these contenders, Ohio State, Miami, Florida State, whatever. You have a good year. Like he, People didn't watch a lot of Washington State football this year. He's kind of out of sight, out of mind. He would have had a chance to be on national TV week in and week out. I would have been a college football slut. I would have too. I would have gone from three different. I would have been claiming pro. I would have fandom from three programs because I would have transferred over and over again. You would have been the DJU of college football. It's transfer again. Seminole for life. Florida State, third and twelve. I hope you're ready. I lo- that was my favorite part. <laughs> I hope you're ready. <laughs> the Cam Ward thing was the second he announced the NFL decision. Ah, DJ goes to FSU. Yeah, they. Were I wonder waiting. what they were waiting on. Yeah. <laughs> How does that D- make DJ feel? I mean, I think he understands it because it's $2 million and he's not going, like, what other choices does he have? He's not going to the NFL. You're not wrong. I, I think he'll try to go to the NFL. I mean, after this year, yeah, he's just not, I mean, that would not have been a good decision on his part. By I'd the way, I'd try to play baseball if I was him. USC in the Big Ten, yeah. they have to play uh, at Michigan, which who knows how tough when? that is. When is it? Early in the year, September. It's a good weather. They have to go to Husky Stadium in November. 
They have Notre Dame the final week of the season. Mm. They open the year against LSU in Las Vegas. Yeah, that should be a pretty good USC crowd for that game. Should be. LSU's pretty loaded, so we'll see how they are next year with also a new starting quarterback. Uh, I want to talk about the NFL draft a little bit more with some of the the players that we have in the college football playoff, Michael Penix being one of them. A lot of interesting narratives being formed right now. So we'll get to that coming up next, and then Travis Demers coming up at the bottom of the hour. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, welcome back in. Can't even take a kiss. <laughs> Come on, man. What are we doing here? I left, like, right as the break had started. Uh, we've got Travis Demers in Dallas coming up. What's up, Demers? Blazers, big roadie, baby. Big roadie. Uh, he got to bring his big suitcase. <laughs> That's what you do for the big roadie? You take the big suitcase. Uh, one of the games, Calabro had shared that like, Demers had asked him privately, can we bring our biggest suitcase? And he said, you can bring whatever you want. <laughs> I want to give those guys a shout-out. They had my father-in-law on a game during the holiday break. The Spurs game. The Spurs game. My father-in-law, he's been a, an usher for as a part-time gig at the Moda Center for years. And they, I had heard through the grapevine that they were going to give them a shout-out because they're retiring from the Moda Center. And I, so I was watching, I found myself watching an entire Blazer Spurs game waiting for this shout out because I wasn't sure when it was going to happen during the broadcast. Not Wemby versus Scoot. No, it was father in law. <laughs> well, it was, the, it was the second game. Wemby wasn't uh, even yeah, playing. Yeah, Wemby's not playing back to back. I didn't get even get to see that. Wemby. I was like, at least I get to watch Wemby, but he's sitting out. You could have watched the first game. Yeah, yeah or I could not have. He was and pretty I, awesome in that game. Exactly. I, yeah, that's Which fine. is why the Spurs won. Exactly. He wants to do a basketball segment later. Well, Can't look, you tell? I want to talk about good teams, Kay. We don't, we don't pay attention to teams at the bottom the standings we only pay attention to the good teams okay and they ended up i was waiting and then they said oh we're going to do the shout out at the end of the third quarter or start of the third quarter something like that and i turn it on and i'm like there he is he was down sitting in between kevin calabro and lamar Hurd, and uh, little teddy got a shout out on blazer broadcasting he's now a blazer legend i feel like kevin is waiting for the right game to be down 45 where he starts shooting the s with lamar <laughs> hey lamar would you rather would you <laughs> 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 Those guys, I will say, I, I'm a big fan of both of them. I think they do a great job. And it's when you're watching a bad basketball team. It's not easy. 
Sometimes you need the commentators to keep you entertained, and they do a good job of it. Uh, the NFL draft, as we talk about Cam Ward deciding to go to the draft and what the hell are Miami, Ohio State, what are these teams going to do? Even USC is in this as well, as they all, I think, wait what Will Howard is going to decide to do. Michael Penix Jr. as a draft prospect. Him and Bo, we talked about them a lot throughout the season, how we feel about them, how they look. Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin on the Skip Bayless uh, TV show. If I can find this here. The one oh, that Little Wayne wraps you into, man. It's uh, the undisputed. It's my Little Wayne auto-tune. That, that was pretty awful. Did you like that? Uh, Michael Irvin on the prospect and comp that Michael Penix Jr. comes to mind for Michael Irvin is this. That left hand, that, the way that, that other touchdown came out, yeah. that reminds you of Michael Vick. That ball jumps off. Remember that ball used to jump off Michael Vick here? Oh. It, it, that that reminds me of Michael Vick right there. Oh, man, this is he, – he, he has – listen, I heard people talking about him, even driving into work today, and they talking about, well, Michael Pennant, Jr., what do you think he's going to be? And it was like a late round, maybe a late round first stuff. Like I said, are you joking? That dude <laughs> – no, man, are you joking? That, that, when they get through the process, the way that kid moves and the way he throws that ball off his hands that quick, that fast, and how accurate he is, he, he's going to he'll jump up anybody's draft board. He's going to jump up draft board. A little difficult. I think Irvin needed some coffee. He called him Michael Bennett. Multi-million dollar multi-year contract right there. Yes. Yeah, yes. TV gold, apparently. I think he called so, him Michael Bennett in the I middle know. of that rant. <laughs> I mean, that might be one of the worst comps that I've ever heard. Do you think he's going not necessarily for the running and speed, <laughs> but like just the left-handed black quarterback thing? I or? mean, those are the only two things that Michael Penix and Michael Vick have in common, is that they're black and they're left-handed. I what, what They're is, not similar players in any way, shape, or form. Like, they couldn't be further the part I think on the spectrum. What is Penix to you guys? Because I I'm struggling with this. I think he's awesome. His accuracy is very noted, but I don't know how to. We, I, we text about this. I yeah. You know him and all these other guys. Like, what's their situation? The best how good cop is it? I heard somebody uh, throw out there was a left-handed Philip Rivers. Oh, hmm. okay. All right, yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I would go similar types of motions where it doesn't look natural. It's really throwing from the shoulder and not getting the arm up high. A little yeah. slinger throw. And they kind of sling it, yeah. but they can make every throw. You're not wrong. That's a good point. <laughs> I I would I would point to, and maybe this is the lefty thing, but when I watch him, he reminds me of some like a stronger armed Tua. Mm. Like Tua is known for, and why he's successful in the NFL is he's incredibly accurate, and he can put balls into different spots, and he has great touch. That's what Michael Penix reminds me of, but I think he has a stronger arm than Tua for pushing the ball down the field. Like the, the Vic thing is hilarious. <laughs> Michael Vic was one of the most elite athletic quarterbacks we have ever seen. Michael Penix struggles to move at this point in his career. I know he had a couple of runs against Texas, but this is why we brought up in the open of the show. How many games of Washington has Michael Irvin watched this year? Uh, three. Well, he was in the Colorado time zone a couple games, so maybe he <laughs> Washington caught... did not play Colorado no, this year. I'm saying he was in the time zone, so maybe he <laughs> caught wind of an hour behind him and just watched a game because it was on television. It's one of the worst comps that has ever existed. It's like every year you get the white guy that comes out in the NBA, and we have to just compare him to another white NBA player because it's all we got. Like, what are we doing here? He's Can the we modern be... day Dan Marley? <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give you a team that like if they're to move on from their quarterback situation, and I think the intel is saying that they will given what happened this year i'll give you a sneaky one that i like a lot i saw it yesterday 
You may have to move up because if Penix beats Michigan, I mean, my God, I'd imagine his draft yeah, cycle is up a little more. He's going to be a top 15 I got a, pick. Yeah, I yeah. got a team I'd love to see him on. Uh, okay, well, we'll share this team. I, I, I'm going to go Minnesota. Yeah. Justin Jefferson. I just, I like that. Situ- I think Kevin O'Connell's really good. Like, I think that's a good spot for him. I would love to see him on the Raiders. I think him, I think Devontae Adams just throwing his hand up. If I throw my hand up, you throw it to me, I will catch it. Yeah. And he'll throw it because, man, he loves yep. Roma Dunze. He likes and his he, other guys. The but. Raiders, you know, the history of it and, you know, Mark Davis in honor of his, they want to throw the ball down the field. If Josh Jacobs is still upright, they got a guy to run it. They got receivers. You're playing indoors too. You're I always think that's indoors, a benefit. It's a controlled environment. <laughs> you know my stance on indoor football. <laughs> He's in a dome. Atlanta. Yeah, I mean Atlanta's a spot that keeps popping up for uh, if if Chicago moves on from Justin Fields, that that could be a landing spot. They for trade him. Is Fields Atlanta going to gonna stick? Fields. I, I, they're moving out. If they're they're not. gonna stick with their head coach or not. Oh well, that yeah, that's a valid question. I think they're done with Ritter and whatever else they, no, they have at quarterback. Him. They announced yeah, he's not playing anymore. Yeah. So they need a, they need a quarterback. Here's the thing, though, the reality for all these guys. One, we do, we just we don't know how any of them are going to pan out. Like no. Brock Purdy being the MVP front runner two years ago. Like imagine saying that seventh round pick is going to be uh, in that conversation. But a big part of it for him is who he plays for, and that's the reality for all these guys. Where if you go to the right spot in the right system, you have a chance to succeed. If you don't, you play for an organization that's a dumpster fire, it's going to be an uphill battle. What I know about Michael Penix is he's got an unbelievable arm. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks I have ever seen. I also am incredibly concerned about his injury history and a guy who's been banged up. Doesn't move very well. I know he can slide a little bit here or there in the pocket, but in the modern NFL, that's a massive part of it is being able to move and extend plays and all that. And I just I worry about his durability because of what he went through at Indiana, and it's one of the reasons I think he has not run a lot this year is because he's trying to protect himself uh, for the NFL. He's tough. I don't question his toughness because he played through injuries all year, but just the mobility aspect is not there. And so if I don't have the offensive line that I want in front of him and I don't have these wide receivers to go get open, you could say this about any quarterback. Sure. Uh, That's why it's so hard to predict which guys are going to be successful. I think it's tough just dictating – once you get past Caleb, and I would assume Drake May is going to be in this for for some teams. I've heard some rumblings that Jaden Daniels has gone up, which maybe that's a good move. I don't know how to feel about him either as a pro prospect. I, I What I find fascinating is just as equally amazed at Penix that I am, I'm also enamored with Roma Dunze. I, I mean, he does throw darts, but he also throws balls that like, <laughs> yeah. Rome, please catch this. I mean, that over-the-shoulder catch. That was insane. The, the defender's arm yeah. hits him with the football in his hands, and he still comes down with it. Yeah. He, he I think is... the Chicago Bears have to be saying, if we keep fields, how do we? where do we have to go. trade down to be in the right slot in the first round to DJ grab DJ Moore and Roma Dunze. Oh You're going to have your choices word. of wide receivers, too, because if they end up with another top-five pick, they could take Harrison as well from Ohio State. Like, Who do you think will be better between those two? If you if you were to just oh give God. a hot take, I, I, I would know, put my I money on a Dunze. See, I, I think I do, too, and I don't mean any disrespect to Marvin Harrison Jr., but my God, dude. I would put my money on Harrison because I think we use this often with quarterbacks, and I'm going to flip it. If Marvin Harrison had Michael Penix throwing him the ball, how oh, does I mean, he? What are his yeah. numbers? Right, there's I, a difference. I don't disagree there, with that. Where yeah. he had Kyle McCord throwing him passes this season, that's a little bit different. If Adunze was in that offense, or his numbers the same, I, a lot of it is this is fit and scheme around you. He had Stroud last year, and he wasn't the number one receiver. Yeah, that's fair. That's I fair. don't. I don't know if that means anything. I don't even know what his numbers were last year. I'd have to go look him I, up. Well, I thought Smith and Jigba was. 
He might have been their Wasn't number one guy, yeah. receiver. But did he? Mistaken. Did Harrison not put up good numbers? Though? I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying they weren't good numbers. Maybe you're going to find out that he was the leading receiver. It just I remember last year it was more of like the collective, and we knew his sure. name because of his dad. But Ohio State has been wide receiver. You, he did have better numbers. Well, yeah, more catches, more yards than and Smith more, and Jigba. Not that I'm just looking from last year to this year. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'll I'll pull up Smith and Jigba. No, numbers. I mean he was good. I just uh, I, man, I just I fell in love with Roma Dunze this year. He just catches everything. He's unbelievable. That's why I think if you need a wide receiver in this draft and if you need a quarterback, you're feeling good. Nobody knows how any of them are going to pan out. But you got a lot of quarterbacks to choose from, whether you're drafting in the top three or back end of the first round. And the same thing with wide receivers. Well, we're talking a lot about these two, and there's a ton of talented guys that are behind them. There's a surprise in sports that Dirt caught wind of. We've got Status Story at 815, but coming up next for the Daily Ticker, Travis Demers, live from Dallas, Texas, to give us a little uh, roadie preview and how the season's going for him. So we'll talk to Demers coming up next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Wednesday. Let's talk some Blazers, man. They start a long road trip tonight in Dallas. Joining us now is our good friend, the radio voice of the Portland Trailblazers at Travis Demers. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Travis Demers. Travis, good morning to you. I'm going to start with a random one since you're in Dallas starting a long roadie. Do you have a favorite stop on the NBA circuit when you're on the road? Man, uh, first of all, guys, Happy New Year, and I've missed your voices, so thank you for having me. <laughs> we miss um, your musk, man. It's good to smell you. I do you miss your musk. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I always love going to New York. My family, yeah. my, my parents are there, so that, that's always a good stop, but um, you know, like for me, like I think about, okay, which hotels are the best? What's good around the hotel? Uh, things like that. Um, Dallas is a good stop. Um, San Francisco is always good. There's a ton of stuff around the hotel there. Um, Miami, the weather. Mm. Uh, there, there are some places that I love and some places where it's like, okay, let's just get, get in and get the hell out. Well, one of those places, and, and 
maybe you just cough if it's a yes and you say no if it's a no. Uh, it's got to be OKC, right? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, there's not a lot going on in Oklahoma City. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, yeah. You're not out there on the last ranch, city year, slicker style? We had one of those spots last year where we had two games with a day off in between. And it's like, all right, Oklahoma City, a, a day off here, that's that's swell. There's a Mickey Mantle statue there, if you're very yeah, fond of it. Yeah, there's a Mickey Mantle, and I think there's, what, a, a, a Johnny Bench yes. drive that they intersect with each other, and that's, that's a great tourist trap right there. It is a very interesting city. Uh, i, I got to ask uh, you, before we dive into the teams, what team to you – seeing them in person, not the Blazers at the top of the West so far has impressed you the most. Like seeing them in person, you go, I just, I, I really like this team. You've seen them play in person. Which team in the West is it? It's Oklahoma city. I mean, we know what Denver is. We haven't seen them in person yet, but uh, I mean, D- Denver is Denver. They'll, they'll figure it out. Oklahoma city to me, because it just, it just popped, right? Like the last couple of years, they were kind of leading up to this. Last year, they were pretty good. They were beating some teams that maybe you think they shouldn't have. They are such a complete, deep team. Um, the, the team that they're beating on the road, like beating Boston last night on the road, and, um, you know, say Gildas Alexander can score. Um, he's put up 30 points a game without hitting threes. He can get to the rim anytime he wants, and the creativity he has getting to the rim. You add Chet Holmgren into that mix. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Josh Giddy, but let's say he keeps playing. You know, he's pretty good, too. They, they, have, they have so many different players who can do all kinds of different things. Um, Jalen Williams is, is phenomenal if he can stop traveling. Um, they, they have, they're just so deep with so much youth. That's a scary team to think about in the big picture. Well, let, let's get to the Blazers. We're talking with Travis Demers, radio voice of the Blazers. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Travis Demers. They start a long roadie tonight in uh, Dallas. And, look, I, I don't really know where fans are at on this team. Uh, you know, I, I kind of we all assumed it was, was going to be a rebuilding year. You drafted third and traded Dame. Like, it's going to take you a while. you got to build up. I want to start with something positive, though, and that is yeah. the hand-wringing over Scoot that existed early in the year, 19-year-old point guard. We, we even did it on our show of, like, oh, God, the shooting percentage isn't good how long until we're concerned and now you look up man it's like a five six game stretch where he's playing at an elite level what have you seen from him and what has changed I guess for him in the last week yeah I think a ton has changed for him because you looked at him early at the year and like he was having trouble seeing things the game was just way too fast for him um the passing lanes were closing for him getting to the rim he was getting blocked like every other time he would try and get to the rim he had one speed and one speed only and, and that's where I've seen things change with him the most is you know, the, the ability to change speeds on the floor and see things better. And now instead of every time he gets the ball, he just takes off and drives, you'll see him make different decisions. He, he won't always go to the rim or he'll, uh, he'll stop and he'll come back and have the backup dribble and, and reset and things like that and read defenses better. And, you know, for him, you know, 23 games into his career, I think he's come a long way. I think that, that three-week stretch where he was out after he hurt his ankle in Detroit, uh, that did wonders for him, to, to be forced to sit back and watch and see what Malcolm Brogdon was doing. And you know, the, the coaches had specific things that they were having him look out for. Um, and then coming off the bench uh, to start when he came back, you know, the, the, the pressure wasn't on there the way it was game one. Game one, it's like, wait, game's gone. You're the guy. Figure it out now. You're 19 years old. Who cares? Go do it. That was a lot of pressure to put on him. So to have him have to sit out after a bad start 
and then come off the bench where, you know, Anthony Simons was back and you had Brogdon out there and, and Shaden Sharp, it gave him an opportunity to just kind of sit back and say, yeah, this is the NBA. You can't just go out there and do it. How much do you miss doing the thing where you have to give a take on a player when you probably shouldn't be giving a take on a player because <laughs> the job asks you to give a take on the player? Oh, my God, man. That 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 killed me. It's like, yeah, well, what, what exactly am I supposed to say? Because... Like I, I try not to say stuff that's BS, right? Like yeah. if, if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna say something that I mean, and it's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna try and spin something, you know, positive about this guy, or when there really is nothing positive to say, or you know, there are times where it's like, you know, when I was working, you know, down the street, and you know, I I was working with. <laughs> You know, they didn't say out on your say. So I was working with Chad, and Chad has a very specific direction with some things that he likes to talk about, and he speaks from the heart. And I, there's some things that I would be saying that are completely on the opposite end of that. And it's like, okay, um, where do we go from here without having this being a total disaster? <laughs> what if? What I, I want to ask you. I'm curious because you get the you get the dream job. And you're, yeah. call, you're calling games for the – what have you learned about calling and being around a team versus being on our end where you watch the games, you read the articles, you see the box scores, you do all that. It's a different life. It's a different observation. What have you learned calling the games? Yeah, what's, what's interesting to me is that, you know, I, I never played basketball at a high level. You know, I was a freshman basketball superstar back in the day and, uh, you know, I mean – I'm not exactly built like a basketball player. So uh, there are some things where you, you watch a lot of basketball and you're, you're around people and you think you know what you're talking about. And then you get around a team every day and you're like, wow, I didn't know anything. And seeing the way that, that teams handle certain things or um, you know, the way they approach things, uh, the, the detail that goes into things, um, you, you like I've learned so much about basketball being around the team and so much being around Michael Holton. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a really good mentor for me, and we have a great relationship. And I just pick his brain about all, all kinds of things. Um, and then like the the whole thing about um, like schedule losses, it's true. Like I remember my my first year, we had this long road trip where we you know started on the West Coast, then went east, then went back west, and we had a, a game against the Knicks where it was a tough game. Uh, nope. Did we lose him? We get into the hotel at like 3 a.m. and lose that night by 43. And it was the night before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and like you could totally see that coming, just being around the team. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, I mean, that, that was when when the team had, you know, the, it was the, the year they went to the Western Conference Finals. So you know, that was a pretty good team. And you could just see those things coming. And sometimes, like, okay, well, why? Why is this guy not making a free throw here? Why is you know why is the team playing poorly in this in this spot? Well, that guy's averaging forty two minutes over the last week, and he's gassed. And there are seven players available. What do you think is going to happen? Right. And it's stuff that you don't quite think about until you're there in the middle of it. Yeah, it's so easy when you're sitting on your couch gambling on a game, not traveling across coast to coast <laughs> yeah. across. Why are you playing harder tonight? Come on, man! I, exactly. I got eight hours of sleep last night. Uh, last one I got for you, Demers. I don't know if Sprague has anything else. I you know. Social media can be a cesspool. It's never an accurate depiction on how 
an, an entire fan base feels. But I feel like every time I wade into these waters after a game, it's a conversation about this is why we should fire Chauncey Billups or this is why Chauncey Billups is a great coach when they win. Yeah. It's like there's no in-between. There's no nuance. It's a hot, it's either, cold thing. Yeah. He's either the worst coach in the history of the NBA or, see, this is why we have him. I, you've been you've been closer to the team than obviously we have. I'm just, what have you made of him? And this is a year where it's a building year. We all understood that. What have you made of him trying to help some of these young guys grow? I think it's taken him a little while to figure things out as a head coach, but I think in a lot of ways he has. Like, let's be honest. You know, the last couple of years, there haven't been a lot of situations for him to figure out, you know, how to play late game spots. And this is not exactly the team that he signed up to coach when, when he got here. But to see the development of these guys, Scoot Henderson's a perfect example of that. Um, Tamani Kamara. Jabari Walker was the second-to-last pick in the draft, and he's been a really important player for this team. Um, so what, what I've seen is, on the development side is it, it, it's night and day. Um, the, the job that this staff has done with, with him, and you know, Poo, uh, Poo Jetter is you know, the guy who's around Scoot the most, and the, what he has done with Scoot working one-on-one with him that can't be discounted. Someday Scoot's really going to pop. And when it does, Pooh is going to deserve a lot of credit for that. But Chauncey being the leader of that for a team that, I mean, think about the, the injuries they've had. I saw this the other night after the Blazers got smoked by Phoenix, and it was like, ah, Chauncey this, Chauncey that. <laughs> uh, no Anthony Simons, no mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton, obviously no Robert Williams the third, no Tumani Kamara. No, no really Shaden Sharp, to be honest with you. He was his first game yeah. back. Yeah. 18 minutes. And he couldn't shoot. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen when, when you're missing a week and you're dealing with an injury. It's like, well, what, what did you expect? So sometimes it's like, you know, I, I, I get it. I, fans are frustrated that after the, the way the last two years ended with the tanking and, and how just painful it was, showing up to games knowing you're going to lose, being down by 50 in the third quarter in some games, it's, it's frustrating. And you want to see this team win. But, you know, like, I'm not saying they're a mirror image of Oklahoma City, but look at what they did. They were just absolute trash for two years, and then they got a little better last year, and now they're one of the best teams in the league already. It, it, it's going to take time. It's not going to be overnight. And this team right now, the way they look, this is not how they're going to look in, in a year or two for now. Uh, are you still at a position, because you got young kids, are you still in a spot where there's an expectation, dad's gone for a little bit, he's on a long roadie, Okay, Dad, you better be bringing back some gifts from all the cities you're visiting. Is that still a thing for you? Are you still trying to do things like that? Yeah, this is actually the first year that I'm I'm doing that because I didn't want to get them in, in the habit of it. My my oldest is five and a half, my youngest is three and a half. Veteran so, move right there. Yeah. So this year, um, I'm bringing back you know a pin from every arena for my oldest, and he puts it on his backpack. That's cool. And I'm I'm bringing back a keychain for my youngest because he would probably poke his eye out or somebody else's eye out if I brought back a pin for him. And then he's putting those on his backpack, even though he doesn't take his backpack to preschool because he has this little bucket. But now his backpack weighs like 80 pounds, and it weighs more than he does with all these keychains hanging off of it. (laughs) I love it. That's a great story. Travis Demers, he is the voice of the Blazers, our old friend. It's great to catch up with him. He's on the road in Dallas as they start a long roadie tonight against the Mavs. Go give him a follow on Twitter, at Travis Demers. Always great catching up with you, man. Continued success, and let's do it again soon. Appreciate you guys. Anytime. Thanks for having me. There you go. Travis Demers. Good stuff from him on the Blazers. And I want to talk a little bit about your 
Portland Trailblazers. You do? I do. Wow. I actually I have another set of the day. I have another basketball segment for the top of the hour. You got two. Basketball I got to call segments? somebody out because I disagree with the take that oh. I saw on social media. I can't wait to hear your disagreement on a sport you don't watch every night. And I'm curious because I don't want you know I'm 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 diving in here. Okay, I got a toe in the water, and I want to know if I'm out to lunch on this take. Okay. I got a take, and I want to give you my take at the top of the hour. All Let's right. talk a little bit about your Blazers. We'll do that coming up next on the fam. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, I want to get to a basketball topic at the top of the hour, and I want to see if you agree with me or a noted basketball stan. Who's right? Who's wrong? I kind of want to just agree with you blindly because you're willing to talk about basketball, and I know a lot of our listeners are going, what are we talking about basketball for? Yeah, there was a result last night and then takes from that result that Mm. I found fascinating, and I disagree with some takes out there. So I want to get to that coming up at the top of the hour. Mm. Basketball dirt checking in for duty. Uh, nobody. College football's done. Nobody's watching the national championship. We're not going to talk about that game at all. Come on. Sure. There's not a Pacific Northwest team in the title. Nobody cares. Come on. Uh, the Portland Trail Blazers suck. We all know that they suck. It's been a rough year, and the rough year has continued. I don't know where everybody's at. We got into this a little bit yesterday, but I will say now the field goal percentage is still ugly, and that is a department in which it drastically needs to improve. Mm -hmm. But seeing Scoot at least string together a couple of good games. I don't know what it means for the future. I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know anything. What I do know is at least that's encouraging to watch because the start of the year was really really ugly. Now, again, three-point numbers are bad. I know he had the one night against San Antonio the other night where he knocked down a couple. Overall field goal percentage, like he's not the most efficient scorer in the NBA. He's also 19. But to see a guy have double-doubles and near-triple-double kind of performances, like I think that was the idea when you brought him in. He can be this kind of player where he's an assist guy running the offense, he's grabbing rebounds, playing good defense, attacking the hoop, and at least he's shown you that a little bit here in the last week and a half. I, I mean, the percentages surely are are not great, but if I told you that his career becomes 17 and 9 or 10 assists a game guy... Take that. I'll take it. I mean, I, I said Conley a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, and... I know that sounds like, what? Like the third pick and the guy that everybody tells us would have been first? Yeah, but did you see the pass against the Spurs? Yeah, that was awesome. Holy crap, he passed somebody open <laughs> in the paint through two defenders. Yeah, a little wraparound, that was beautiful. I just, I think it's the little things you notice. Um, physically, and this isn't breaking news, he is built. He's yeah. NBA ready now and has been since he got in the league. He had a moment during that Phoenix game before it got really ugly he just stood at like the half court line and I forget who was dribbling the ball for Phoenix, but they kind of just dribbled and he didn't move and he just stood there and then he yanked the ball away and turned around. And you're like, man, that kid's 19 years old. Strong dude. Making that play. I I think it's been really encouraging. I think it's been great to see him thrive. Uh, I talked to Danny about this uh, on the pod that we do, the Jack Ramsey's pod, and he had kind of known that Scoot, is, Scoot was down for a while, man. Like Scoot comes in. He's this phenomenon from Georgia, plays yeah. in the G League. So the savior, the replacement of Dame. Yeah, and like um, he wants to do well. He wants to be really good, and he struggled out the gate. And that was, you know, it could be devastating for a player who his entire life he's been easily the best basketball player anywhere he's played. Yeah. 
he's picking it up, and I, I think you got to be feel really encouraged with that. I don't know where everybody is. I'm not going to pretend that everybody's watching all the games and every minute. I, I, I know what it is, but I do find some of these little ancillary things interesting. These are the reasons that I watch even games that they're not necessarily winning. It still continues to be, who are you developing at the three? Who are you going to be trading in the next couple of weeks? The deadline's about a month away. Malcolm Brogdon has a real get-me-out-of-here energy, and I don't think he's like being mean or treating guys disrespectfully, but it just comes I mean, he off should. to he, me. Yeah, he only has so many minutes left. He wants to go win. Yeah, and I think he wants to go win. I don't know if they move Tease. Maybe they do. We know he's not the long-term answer at three, even though he's good defensively. And Ant's got to come back. And how is that going to change anything for Chauncey in terms of rotation, who plays with who? I think that matters a great deal. If Scoot's out there with Tease. You know, is he going to thrive? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. You know, and, right, right. And that's the other part is we have two point guards. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is kind of in, in the future, looking ahead. But some of the stuff in the now, Shaden before the injury had some good moments. Ant was killing it. He's top ten in scoring. And Scoot the last like six games has been really good. No, oh, by the way, I know they're not needle movers for most people, but for a team that's largely lacked depth at the center position. To have Baji up from the G League, and he's yeah. making some plays. He's fun to watch. And Dwap Reith actually has the 13.1 points per 100 possessions. Team high. You got some defense and some shooting at center. It's <laughs> kind of nice. That. I love that stat. That's of, of 100 possessions. What is that? Is that a thing that you track in the NBA? 13, yeah, it's, it's just points per 100 per, possessions, okay. how you fare in it, and he's got the highest on the team at 13.1. I love that stat. That's great. I You you highlighted, I think, what is continuing to be buying big conundrums. So the last week or so has been fun to see Scoot turn it around a little bit, get his year going. I Look, everybody was hard on him. I There was a random listener one night when they lost the game and just like unsolicited sent me a tweet. was like, I just want you to know, Dirt, Scoot's a, Scoot's a bust. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm not quite there yet, but it's been rough the first couple of weeks. There's certainly other people. We have somebody at the fan that I won't name unless they've said it on air. They told me they think he sucks. He just is terrible. He's not going to be great. And look, I get it. I There's complicating things going on around the franchise, and there have been for a while now, but I think throwing a 19-year-old out after a month and a half might, be, might have been a little bit early for some. He's playing good ball. But you pointed out something that has also coincided with this, and mm. it continues to be my big problem. I was I was with a cousin uh, over the holiday break grabbing some beers. We were talking Blazers. He's a big sports fan, and he was he was you know preaching to me his excitement about this new young team and it's a fresh start. You weren't going to win anything with Dame. I'm glad they turned the page. And I said I understand that take. I don't I understand where you're coming from. My issue with it is that they have the same problem that they had before, just with different names included, and that is you have 17 point guards and there's only one basketball in so many minutes. You pointed out who has missed the last couple of games. Can't yeah. What has Scoot done now that Ant's been out? Yeah. He's playing better because he's getting more run and he's running the offense. And, and he's it's running like, with the ones. Running the, with the, the ones. Team, yeah. He's playing one more time. He's in there in closing time. He's making big play. Like, you're okay, now I'm seeing it. And then Ant's going to come back, and what the hell's going to happen? He's going to start, and this, he's going to shoot. <laughs> this happened at the start of the year where they brought Shaden off the bench. Everybody's like, Shaden off the bench. And then Scoot got hurt, and it's like, wow, look how good Shaden is. He's in the starting lineup. Now we're back into that. But, like, we have too many guards, and we need to figure this out. We I. Again, I'm not saying you need to figure it out now and you need to trade somebody, but it just it's frustrating to me. It's been really fun to watch Scoot, and this is nothing against Ant because Ant might end up being the guy long-term. I just find it hilarious that he goes down with an injury, misses a couple of games, Scoot's in the starting lineup, and all of a sudden, look at that, he's putting up double-doubles. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a... Um, I highlight that it's a problem looming, and and it's they would probably tell you that it's a good problem to have, right? You, get, you got talented players and players that are overperforming in certain ways. I 
tend to think that they have until about the midway point of next year to figure that out. It's sad that that might be the reality. There's other takes that they have all of next year, too, that Ant might not be in a hurry to get out. I mean, I this is where my thing is. Ant is so good that, like, I can't help but put my brain into, does Ant want to keep waiting to win, or does he yeah. want to go win? Yeah, another tanking year next year if you do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to take a step and be a playing team. Now, can they be the, Can they flirt with the 10 seed by the end of next year? Maybe. If you look at the West... The West is really muddled together. Some teams are getting older. Some uncertainty in the teams. So I don't think it's out of the realm. I just, I appreciate the fans who have held on. I appreciate fans who are even checking in. It's not easy to do in that league. Baseball's like this too. When your team's bad and you have all these games, it's like, why do I need to care about this game? <laughs> yes. But I appreciate the ones that have. I don't think that this city is built to go too sh- well, it wouldn't be two. It'd really be like three or four straight years yeah. of non-playoff good basketball. So I'm kind of hoping that some of this stuff is pressing them internally to make moves that put this team maybe in a spot. If I told you they're in a play next year, like that's not getting you super excited, but that at least makes you go, eh, maybe they win a playoff spot. You're, st- you're taking steps of progress and building and showing me that there's a vision yeah. and it's working and okay, give us time. You know, you need to give me a reason to believe. I don't want to be Washington. I don't no. want to be Detroit. I, no. I don't want to be Charlotte. I, I don't want to be in this for another three years. No. I'm kind of being greedy here. I, I, I'm encouraged by a lot, but I, I want to see them and I think that they actually have some talent enough to make the necessary moves to flirt with a play-in yeah. situation. Well, the Blazers will have tough decisions to make down the road. There's one that's facing one in a shorter future, and I want to I want to talk about that because there's a story in the NBA that I'm blown away by because I'm just diving in. Did you guys know the NBA season started? It's wild. Uh, we're going to get to that in the final hour. Statter story at 8.15. i got a couple of NFL leftovers as well. Loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fam. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.